Welcome to Swarupa Vidya Ashram. My name is Swami Nirmalananda. Each audio is a discourse that I offered at a satsang, a free meditation program, and was followed by meditation. These teachings address the underlying questions of life. Who am I? Why am I here? How do I do what I came here to do? I went to my guru with these same questions. While he gave me the teachings I share here, most importantly, he gave me the inner experience they describe. This is why I teach, to share the same with you, both the theory and the inner experience of your own inherent divinity. The bliss of consciousness is your birthright. Meditate and discover that you are greater than you could ever imagine. Om Namah Shivaya Gurave Satchidananda Murtaye Nishprapanchaya Shantaya Niralambaya Tejase Muktanandaya Gurave Shisha Samsara Harane Bhakta Kaya Kadehaya Namaste Chitsaratmane Eta Vejagatameva Samsara Navasetave Prabhave Saiva Vidyanam Shambhave Gurave Namaha Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshvara Guru Sakshat Parabrahma Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Om Swarupa Swaswabhava Namo Namaha Om I bow to my own self. I bow to my Baba's own self. I bow to his Baba's own self. I bow to your own self, your own essence, your own isness, the one divine reality, Shiva. Being all is being you. Again and again I bow. Om Swarupa Swaswabhava Namo Namaha. beyond pain. Pain is part of life, as we all know. Yoga promises that you can be free from pain and delivers on that promise. A recent study shows that chronic pain is considerably more common in the USA than diabetes, depression, and high blood pressure with people who reported being pain-free in the first year of the study, the annual rate of chronic pain the next year was 52.4 people per 1,000. That's an additional 5% of the population being diagnosed with chronic pain every year. By comparison, 
new cases of diabetes are 0.7%. New cases of depression are 1.5%. And new cases of high blood pressure are 4.5%. Worse, America ranks the highest on the world scale of pain, not a scale you want to win. A survey done in 30 countries asked people during the past four weeks, how often have you had bodily aches or pains? They could choose one of these answers. Never, seldom, sometimes, often, or very often. 34% of Americans said they felt aches and pains very often or often, more than people in any other country. The average nation scored about 20% for one of those responses. In the Philippines and South Africa, only 11% felt pain that often. Why? Some of the researchers related it to obesity, others to depression, Some decided that taking painkillers increases your perception of pain. One doctor blames the ability to look up symptoms on the internet as contributing to hypochondria. I blame superficiality. If you're looking for other people or your finances or the movie makers and music makers to make you happy, then you're unhappy most of the time. And unhappiness causes pain. Another relationship well-researched by science. Another study shows that Americans' happiness rating, measured annually since 1972, is now at its lowest ever. Not good news. It makes me think, what would happen if they were all doing yoga? Depth, that's what would happen. Depth, resiliency, vitality, stamina, clarity, and less neediness and less pain. What would happen if they were all meditating or at least praying? Depth, yes. And happiness, creativity. Love and compassion, better problem solving, youthening and altruism, all scientifically proven, and less pain. Oh, and if they were doing Swarupa Vidya meditation, bliss, they'd all be tapping into the source of bliss within. That's what makes life work. That experience is what makes you want to meditate again, simply Meditate long enough to get the bliss flowing inside. Generally, that takes 20 minutes or more. It's quicker if you chant first. And once you get the bliss flowing, well, you'll want to meditate again. Meditation becomes a joy instead of a chore. Meditation puts jet fuel in your tank. Meditation gives you bubbles of happiness that arise inside even when you're not meditating. And what happens to your pain level? Even pain is not as painful. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying you should ignore pain. 
Sometimes pain is a symptom that something is wrong. You do need to have it checked out. However, medicine rarely finds the cause of pain. They often have a name for it, a diagnosis, often some kind of syndrome, but they freely confess that they don't know what causes it. So when you don't know the cause, how do you treat it? So they treat the symptoms. This does make you feel better, but it doesn't actually improve your physical condition. Medicine also acknowledges that some types of pain are caused by your mind, and they have no effective treatments for that. The International Association for the Study of Pain announced a new definition of pain. Pain has been around forever, but they're just now defining it. They've come out with a new definition of pain, an unpleasant sensory and emotional experience, sensory and emotional experience associated with or resembling that associated with actual or potential tissue damage. This means you can have pain without any actual or potential tissue damage, and they'll give you drugs. The good news is that pain specialists are now recommending non-pharmacological remedies. A recent New York Times article quoted Dr. Daniel Clow, director of the Chronic Pain and Fatigue Research Center at the University of Michigan. Dr. Clow said, we've really over-medicalized pain and adds that he sees positive results from yoga acupuncture, acupressure, cognitive behavioral therapy, and meditation. Yes, yoga works. Meditation is even better. One more little bit of research that applies. The American Academy of Pain Management Research found that people's spiritual depth made a difference in their experience of pain measured after surgeries. In other words, more depth, Less pain. Yes, I'm not surprised. Personally, I first noticed low back pain when I was 15. It got worse with the years until yoga. I haven't had low back pain since. I've had tooth pain, pain from accidents and other physical events, but it's only pain. Heart pain was the theme of my life before yoga. Baba cured me of that by filling my heart, not being filled from him, not being filled with him, but being filled by him, by him giving me my own self. I haven't had heart pain since. And I've been through life events. I've cried with many of them, laughed with others. Like Baba says, once a person attains the bliss of consciousness, although bodily awareness remains, He firmly perceives the self as consciousness. This is liberation while in the body and the supreme means of attaining bliss. This means even when you get enlightened, life goes on wonderfully so. With pain and pleasure, as well as the opportunity to serve. Thank you, Baba. Pain and pleasure are two of what yoga describes as the pair of opposites, dvandva, the pairs of opposites. Yoga acknowledges that most people bounce back and forth between the opposites like a tennis ball. 
people pursue pleasure to escape pain. The end of pain is a goal unto itself. Yet a pain-free life is not a goal. No one wants merely freedom from pain. People want happiness, not mere pleasure, not merely freedom from pain. Yet you can be happy when you're in pain. Confused yet? The key to understanding this is to recognize that pleasure and happiness are not the same thing. It is true that people pursue pleasure in order to trigger happiness. When they look for pleasure, it usually means they're not happy, which makes them pursue pleasure. But when people are happy, they pursue pleasure as well. So regardless of whether people are happy or not, they pursue pleasure. Thus, pleasure and happiness are not the same thing. Similarly, pain and unhappiness are not the same thing. I have experienced pain when I've been happy, not only with ordinary pains like a cut on my finger, but also in childbirth. Painful, yes. Happy, yes. While yoga acknowledges the importance of happiness, it classifies pain and pleasure with other experiences called dvandvas, the pairs of opposites, pleasure and pain, cold, hot, happy, sad, light, dark, right, wrong. Yet yoga never defines one in a pair as being good with the other one being bad. For example, light predominates during the day and dark at night. Both are necessary. Sun and moon, we love them both. They are part of life. In the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, Matras parshas tu kaunteya shitoshna sukha dukadaha agama paino nityas tanstitik shasva bharata. This is from the Bhagavad Gita, chapter 2. Shloka 14, 2.14. Arjuna, your name is Arjuna. Arjuna, your senses make contact with sense objects, giving rise to the experience of heat and cold, pleasure and pain. These come and go. They are impermanent. Arjuna, manage to endure them. It's part of life. Ups and downs. Ins and outs, even sideways and twisties. Life throws spitballs, you know. It would be lovely to be able to blame others for all your problems, especially Americans like to blame society, their schooling, or blame their parents. But it is all your karma. This means the one to blame is you. You set yourself up, and then you get knocked down. As Krishna says, O Arjuna, manage to endure them. Uh, that's it? (laughs) Not very compassionate, is it? Well, Krishna sets this in context. Next, he says, the one who remains calm in pain and pleasure is ready for liberation. Freedom from rebirth. He had earlier spoken of this in the text, making it clear that your steadiness in life is not mere stoicism, 
but that you become a master of consciousness. Your ability to navigate life's challenges with a calm and steady state comes from a deeper level. You live in the inner knowing of your own divine essence. It is this inner knowing that sets you free. Reactivity and stoicism. These are merely two more opposites, which means they are both signs of weakness. Reactivity. Everything looks like a threat to you. It means you are unfortunately in the condition of being easily threatened. This means your sense of self is very shaky, quite superficial. When you know your own self, the deeper dimension of your own beingness, you can easily discern what is a threat and what is not. And you readily find an appropriate response when needed. Stoicism. When you grin and bear it long beyond grinning time, you numb out like a foot that has been poorly positioned for too long. Have you tried walking on your foot when it's fallen asleep? When your body, even your mind and emotions go numb, you're like a zombie, not really alive. What's the golden mean? Where's the sweet spot from which you can live your life in its fullness? It is found inside, deeper within than where you usually look. My Baba described it this way. Meditation is sublime alchemy. It is a mighty power which annihilates all pain. Meditation is divine alchemy. It is a mighty power which annihilates all pain. And he quoted a line in Sanskrit, Nahi dhyanat para sadhana. There is no sadhana higher than meditation. It means there is no practice greater than meditation. This is the highest of all the practices. It is a pathway to God, to the discovery of God within, God being you, while being all, and being beyond all. All the other yogic practices are preparation for meditation including the chanting we did earlier, as well as my discourse now, and the mantra repetition we will do later, preparation for meditation. They all prepare you to focus inward, so you can explore what you are made of. You will find only one thing, consciousness. For the whole world is made of consciousness. Baba described it this way. Once a person attains the bliss of consciousness, although bodily awareness remains, he firmly perceives the self as consciousness. This is liberation while in the body and the supreme means of attaining bliss. It means once you are enlightened, you will still have a body and it will still experience heat and cold as well as pleasure and pain. Oh, Arjuna, manage to endure them by seeing that you are more than your senses. You are more than your mind. 
You are more than your memories and anxieties. You are more than your body. You are so much more. Day and night will continue. The pairs of opposites are part of life. You experience them as part of life. You participate in life fully because you care. But you aren't needy and dependent. You're not waiting for life to make you happy because you already are. Happier than happy. You live in the continuing flow of the bliss of consciousness. Oh, Shiva. When you don't know your own self, you're missing a vital piece, the very thing that makes you able to ride the rough seas of your karma. Of course, when your karma brings you pleasure, you manage that well. (laughs) No one has ever complained to me that they had too much good karma, that their karma to experience pleasure and happiness was getting in the way of their quest for God. But it's true. I only know one woman who saw this reality. She was with Baba, of course, which helped make things so clear. Every day when she came up for darshan, an opportunity to bow, a personal moment with Baba, he gave her a gift. This was in India, so he gave her a silk sari. Now, there is a price range on silk saris like anything else, but he was giving her most expensive saris. For the first few days, she was delighted, honored, overcome with gratitude. But after a couple of weeks, she began to feel differently. One day, as he gave her yet another silk sari, she burst into tears. She said, Baba, I don't want more saris. I want God. He said, I'm helping you burn up your good karma. God is standing right in front of you, but you can't see him because of the mountain of your good karmas. Don't get distracted by mere happiness and not by pleasures. The self is more important than karma, whether it is karma to experience pleasure or to experience pain. To know your own self is the most important thing in life. When you don't know your own self, you can get easily overwhelmed by outer things. This is unfortunately how many people live their lives. Some people make the end of pain a goal unto itself. Yet a pain-free life is not really the goal. No one really wants mere freedom from pain. They want more. That's one of the differences between Buddhism and yoga. The Buddha is famous for saying all life is suffering. He continued on saying that you can become free from suffering. Vedanta, the basic yoga perspective, yoga philosophy, comes from around the same time period, around 450 BCE. Vedanta's purpose is to put an end to all pain forever and to enable us to attain supreme bliss. The end of pain alone is not enough. There's more. Supreme bliss. Baba explained this further, saying, once this bliss is attained, it can never be destroyed. This means, one, that the bliss of consciousness is attainable. How? 
by doing more yoga. It also means that, too, once you know your own self as consciousness itself, you will never lose the bliss. Even if life, if your karma brings you pain, the bliss underlies it and supports you through it. From this, you can conclude only one thing. Do more yoga. Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo Namaha.